my dad was a builder. He, he built homes and he was always self-employed. He was um, a preacher too. So like, but I feel like most of my family has been entrepreneurs. And even now, like I have four brothers and two sisters and like most of them are entrepreneurs. Welcome to the More Than Corporate Podcast. I'm Amber Furman, recovering perfectionist and serial accomplisher. If you're anything like I used to be, You've been living your life thinking that if you accomplish enough stuff, you'll finally find the success you've always wanted. But what if it's not about accomplishing more stuff? What if it's about accomplishing the right stuff? I believe you don't find success. You create it by intentionally designing the life you want and having the courage to get out of your comfort zone to live your design. I went from doing what I was supposed to do to doing what I love to do. And now I get to help others do the same. Keep listening as I chat with inspiring people who make it their mission to live their best life every day and learn how you too can live the life you've always wanted. Welcome back to another episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. I am super excited to bring to you guys today an amazing guest here in Las Vegas. Her name is Trish Lacoste. She has been a photographer for over 20 years. Her passion started with taking photos of her firstborn and escalated from there. She's been all around the world with her camera and photographed the likes of Kate Upton, Justin Verlander, Manny Fresh, Bun B and TQ. In June of 2021, she moved from Houston to Las Vegas to go all in with her sports media company based in Vegas called Franchise Sports Media. Trisha also has a marketing company. She builds websites, designs logos, and helps people with their overall branding. Me and Trisha had an opportunity to connect a while back, and I absolutely loved her energy. I'm looking forward to sharing all of her experiences and her vision and idea of success with you guys. It's going to be fantastic. Really quickly, before we do, I want to remind you that this episode is brought to you by Success Development Solutions and the Success Bootcamp. If you are based in the Las Vegas area and you are ready to level up your success, if you want to have better communication, higher sales, and better relationships with your clients and customers, then the Success Bootcamp is for you. We do them multiple times throughout the year. The next one is coming up on May 5th. If this is something that sounds like you could benefit from, if you want to increase the impact that you get to make in your community, then go to successdevelopmentsolutions.com slash bootcamp and let's have a conversation to see whether it's a good fit for you. Without further ado, let's go ahead and bring Trisha into the conversation. Trisha, how are you today? I'm doing really well. I'm so excited to be here with you today. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to have you as well. And I always ask this in advance and then this time I forgot. Did I pronounce your name correctly? It's LaCosta, actually. Okay, that's. I was like, that's not going to be right. All right, well, I'm glad we got that cleared up. Trish LaCosta, thank you so much for being here. So let's go ahead and start with a little bit of information about you. Like when you were little, I always like to go back to, I don't know, high school age. Did you always have a passion for photography? Did you think you were going to be in the arts um, and creative side of professions? Or where where did that come into play for you? Yeah, actually... Photography didn't start as young, but like creatively, I always, I mean, I remember when I was in second grade, my dad saying, wow, she sure is creative, but she sure loves to make a mess because I was always, <laughs> you know, I'd always have like snips of paper that I'd cut up and glued together or whatever. Um, and I do at high school. I think my senior year of high school for Christmas, I got my first camera, just a little point and shoot. And honestly, I got married really young and had my first at 21. So I, it wasn't long after that, that I got my first um, actual digital, like real camera or whatever. So I think I did always know that I wanted to do something creative. Um, but, you know, I think our like my parents generation, they all kind of preach that you needed the security and like have a backup plan. And, you know, it's just like at that point, everyone who was an artist was like a starving artist. So while I always thought that I wanted to do that, I wasn't sure that I would be able to support myself doing something creative. When did that start to switch for you? Because I think you're right. That's a really common situation where people say, I would love to do this, but I won't be able to make any money doing it. And out there, there is somebody who makes a lot of money doing right. whatever that thing is. So when did that start to shift for you? You know what? I think it was after... I ended up getting divorced at 30. And at that point I was working insurance and going back to school. I had four kids 
And I think at that point I'd worked insurance for a couple years and it just literally felt like my soul was dying. And I was like, I'd rather like struggle and do something I love than sit in this cubicle. <laughs> it just wasn't yeah. working for me anymore. Um, and that transition, your parents that had always kind of preached that you want the security, which is false security anyways. We all know that. It's just not logical for us to think that way all the time. Um, were they supportive when you started saying, hey, I'm going to step out and embrace this creative side? Or did you get some resistance from them? What was that like? Yeah, I think everybody around me, except for the other creatives that I ended up, I went into business with a couple people originally when I quit my insurance job. But I mean, I was just in a very, uh, not a very like stable situation at the time. I had literally just gotten my own apartment after being divorced for a year and a half. I had lived in an apartment above my parents for that time while I was in school and all that stuff, just gotten my, you know, bachelor's. And I just was, I went to my boss and said, I think I'm going to do this photography thing full time. And I think everyone was like, wait, right now? Like, you just got your own place. You're going to quit your job now? And looking back, I'm like, wow, that was pretty risky. <laughs> um, but I just figured, well, if I don't, like, I'll go get a side job, like, waitressing or something if I have to. Like, I'll figure it out. That's kind of like my personality is I just figure stuff out. So, yeah, I think they were all a little bit leery. Um, but now, I mean, they're, it didn't take long. They're super, super supportive now. So, yeah. Um, was anybody in your family, did anybody in your family have that entrepreneurial background or business ownership background? And do you think that had anything to do with your, I just figure it out as you called it mentality? Probably. My dad was a builder. He, he built homes and he was always self-employed. He was um, a preacher too. So like, it was always a little bit of a, you know what I mean? Like preachers don't make a lot of money usually. <laughs> so <laughs> he did his um, building as a way to like, you know, support his family. Um, but I feel like most of my family has been entrepreneurs. And even now, like I have four brothers and two sisters and like, most of them are entrepreneurs. I listened to a podcast recently where they talked about, is it, is that like something you're born with or is it something that you learn? And I really think it's a combination of both, but I do think that I kind of had that in me. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. And I'm glad that you brought that up because I like to ask that question and have that conversation as well as, you know, is it something you're born with or something that you learn? And I think it's definitely all a learnable skill. Mm -hmm. Um, but some people are more easily risk um, or willing to take risk and less risk averse than others. And I think that's a DNA component. Yes, I agree. Like I, I will take risks in some areas, like as far as my career and stuff, but don't ask me to jump out of a plane because I will not do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I am. I am hoping to soon, actually. Are so you? I guess I can't say that I won't. I probably um, should, but I'm just... I don't know. Work your way up, right? Start at the stratosphere <laughs> and then go join. Yeah. yeah. Um, the stratosphere jump is actually a lot of fun if you haven't done it before. Really? It's a blast. It's yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's a lot of fun. And I think it's interesting that you made that correlation though, because that's really what business ownership is all about is saying, okay, I'm afraid of this and I want to know what the pros are, what the cons are, and whether it's worth me challenging that fear right now mm -hmm. um, in order for me to, to grow. Like, are the, are the potential rewards from it going to be high enough for the fear? Why am I afraid? Is it a realistic afraid? I think that this is, these are all conversations that we go through, whether it's jumping out of a plane or calling a prospect and asking them to come to an event or buy a program. Yeah. So for you, did you have a sales background or what was your experiences like when you started trying to sell services that you were creating when that hadn't necessarily been what you were doing in the past? I'm, I'm definitely not a salesman by nature. Um, and I remember, so my degree I got was in advertising, so minor in marketing. And, you know, one of the components of advertising is sales. And I remember saying, there's no way I will never do sales. Um, but then the more I like got into my classes and the, I, I just realized sales is all about relationships. Yes. And so it's more about developing a relationship with someone than trying to like hard sell. So I think that's been something that I've had to learn. Also, I think when you're selling yourself, 
like you're selling your own service. It's not like you're selling something else that you really believe in. You have to sell yourself and you have to really believe in your skills in order to do that. And I think it's been, uh, I mean, I've been doing photography for over 20 years. It's been a 20 year process of getting to this point now where I'm like, I know if you hire me, you're going to get the best product in the quickest amount of time and you're going to be really happy. Like, and I've developed so many relationships with people because of the quality of my work, but also because of my personality and you know, I think that's super important just developing those in developing those relationships. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a huge part of it as well. And I'm glad you brought that up as far as that confidence in yourself, because if we have any doubts about what we're selling or what we're offering or the value of what we're creating, um, it shows through. And sometimes the person that's on the other end can't really tell what we're nervous about, but they can tell that we're nervous. And it is like, really important for us to be able to step back and have complete confidence and faith and belief that what we're doing is as good or better than the other people that are that are offering and that we're able to deliver uh-huh. on what we're offering. Um, did you have, what are the, some of the lessons that you learned as you were going through that learning curve? As far as um, you mean that like- confidence that comes along with knowing that your product is a top of the line product or service or solution and needing to embrace that despite any um, doubts that you may have internally about your sales abilities. Yeah. I think um, a lot of it has come from personal development, honestly, like as far as the internal thing that had to like shift in order for me to be a hundred percent confident, not just in my product, but in myself as a person. So, you know, I read a lot of self-development books, um, I I just really have learned that it's about me inside more than even the product that I'm delivering. So, yeah, I like that. And I'm always curious when I meet people who are good at creative things, like, um, I guess not creative because creative and artistic are different. I consider, um, photography very artistic, um, Mm -hmm. It is creative as well, but it has an artistic element. So anytime I'm talking to anybody in that artistic side, I'm always curious to know what your favorite part about what you do is. What is it that draws you to the world of photography? There's so much about it. Um, But I think for me, it's as far as when I'm photographing people, I love helping people see themselves in a different light. I can't tell you how many times I've taken a picture of someone and shown them and they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that I could look like that. I'm like, this is straight out of the camera. So, you know, I haven't done anything to it, you know? So I think that's one. I also like the fact that um, I think I'm a little bit ADD. And so I like the fact that it's it's different every day. One day I might sit at the computer, computer all day. And then the next day I'm out shooting. The next day I might be doing a video. The next day I'm building a website. So it's like that change I think is good for me. It keeps me motivated, um, I don't know. I just, there's so much that I like about it. I also like just um, capturing something like sports is a completely different realm because you have to be on your toes. You have to like anticipate where the ball is going, not follow. It's too fast to like actually follow the ball with your camera. So I think that's been really fun for me. Um, Just kind of learning, learning a new area of photography. So there it's just, I feel like it's never ending. Like there's so much about it that, that, it'll never get boring for me. And have you always been a sports fan or where did the desire to become a sports photographer come from? Uh, Well, I did play sports growing up and grew up in between two brothers. So I was always playing some sport, kickball or wiffle ball or whatever. Um, But then also my kids, my two oldest boys played basketball. My youngest plays football. So I spent their four high school years um, shooting basketball games and, you know, parents loved it, of course. Um, And so from there, uh, my two business partners were like ready to start this company out here and needed, you know, a creative like me to come on and do the, um, just all the creative side of things. So it just, it kind of just fell in line with where I was at that point in my life. And it it was a perfect little blend for the three of us. That's really cool. Um, One of the things I'm curious to know, because I feel like as much as we try not to do it, that at least 
to some extent, it's human nature to try to categorize people on where we fall on this like societal ladder with them. And when you talk to somebody like yourself who has been able to photograph and rub shoulders with some really amazing sports personalities and individuals, how did you insert yourself into that world? And was there ever any of that comparison that you had to step back and say, hey, we're just people? Like, how did that come about for you to be able to rub shoulders with those people and not feel like you were out of place? You know, I think it's interesting because I think um, growing up, my world was so small. It was just, I don't know, like, I felt like it's funny that you said like these levels of people, because I felt like there was a certain type of person who was like famous. There was a certain type of person who like was rich and I just wasn't one of those people. So I, I don't know when that shift happened. It pro probably partly happened because um, so my business partner in franchise is TQ and we've been friends for 12 years. He's a recording artist. He had a huge hit West side back in the late nineties. Um, and I think when I met him, my world opened up a little bit and I just realized like, like you said, everyone's just people. And so I think from that point on, it, nothing really like nothing really impresses me too much anymore. It's like I realize like we all get out of bed the same way. We all, you know what I mean? They just have yeah. a bigger platform. And I have no doubt that like I could have that same platform one day. So yeah, I think I, that's an interesting question. I like that question. <laughs> well, and I love your answer because there's always that something that shifts. Like I grew up in a super small town as well. And I think that to some extent, there's always with few exceptions, that human nature of, well, they can have this, but that's because they're them, right? Not, I'm, I'm me from a small town in Idaho. Like I can't have that, right? Yeah. Um, and for me, it was the songwriting community. The more that I interacted with the songwriter community and got to know them as people and sat down at tables with them and had conversations, I'm like, these people are writing some of the biggest songs and music. And then they're sitting down and having a beer like like a human. They're and then the more I, yeah, like they're almost like like DNA and and <laughs> like blood and muscle and bones, like they're almost human. Yeah. Um, and I think that the more that we can intentionally insert ourselves into um, circles that make us uncomfortable, the more we start to make that um, comparison that you did. That they're just they're just people. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that stops so many and it doesn't matter whether it's walking into a networking event in Las Vegas and you see somebody that you perceive as having a more successful business than you, or if you're walking down the strip and you see like Brad Garrett on the street and you're like, I can never go up and talk to him, right? It stops us from doing so many things that could mm -hmm. benefit ourselves and others. Right. It's so important to get over. We miss out on opportunities because of fear. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So speaking of that, is there a time in your life that you can step back and think, man, I missed out on this big opportunity because of my unwillingness to get out of my comfort zone? Oh, gosh, I'm sure there have been plenty. I can't think of a specific one right now. Um, I can't think of anything at the moment, but that's amazing. I, sure I, I, have been some. <laughs> I love that you can't because so many people harp on those and they say, man, I missed out on this opportunity to do this. Yeah. And that stops them from seeing the opportunities that are ahead yeah. because they're constantly looking at what they didn't do in the past. So I love that you're saying honestly that I'm sure that there are a lot of things that I've missed out on, but none of them are big enough that they impact the way that I live my life today, which yeah. I think is really cool. I think that if I had not taken that risk and quit my insurance job, that would be one of the things that I would have been regretful of. So, and how long ago was that? That was two, that was in 2012. January of 2012 was when uh, I quit my insurance job and was like, I'm going to do this photography thing. And was like, I'll figure it out if I have to get another job or whatever. I knew my boss would probably take me back. So like, I'm just going to do it. And here we are 10 years later, still doing it. <laughs> so for that, I, I love that. For the person that's listening that says, man, I really want to quit my job and something's holding me back. Um, what emotional, we'll start with emotional. What type of emotional roller coaster did you experience when you walked away? Was there ever a moment where you walked away and you're like, holy crap, I made an awful decision. Take me back that you had to fight. Absolutely. For me, it's always been, um, 
for me, it's just been the fear of not having enough money to provide for my family. So like I have four kids and at the time they were young. My oldest was, I think, 10. So they were like 10, nine, seven and five. And the fact that I walked away from a steady job to do something like this, I thought, well, I was also, I think, afraid of what everyone else would think. That was a big fear for me. Like I've always kind of had that thing where I, I care what people think. So I think for me, it's the financial part, though. And there have been plenty of times over the last decade where I've been like, oh, I screwed up. I just need to go get a real job. Like, this is just ridiculous. Why am I still doing this? I'm still struggling, you know, and, it, and I think that as a creative or as somebody who doesn't have like a nine to five, that might always be there. I mean, until yeah. I'm just like rich and have a house on the beach, but but it's just the it's like feast or famine, I think. Yeah. What does the self-talk look like for you when you're in that moment to bring you back to grounded? Yeah. Um, I think because I've seen it shift so many times. I mean, so many times. My best friend, she literally, if I said anything about finances, she at this point literally goes, you know what? I'm not even going to really listen because I know in a week everything will be different. And that's how it always goes. It's like when I'm down to the wire and I'm like, can I pay rent this month? Something shifts and like I'm rolling in money. And I'm like... So I think for me at this point, it's just a matter of just hold on. Everything's going to be fine. <laughs> you know, it, you've been here before and you've always survived. God always provides like just chill out. So for me, I think that's what I do. <laughs> and did you notice as time went on that the um, period of time between panic and regrounding yourself got shorter and shorter? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think a lot of that has to do with all the self-development that I've done too, because you realize the, I mean, the more stuff that I read and the more podcasts that I listen to, you realize how key your thoughts are in everything. Like your thoughts can literally make you sick. They can make you healthy. Like, so I've really gotten to where, I mean, I even have, if I have like a crazy thought, like, oh, what if I get in an accident? I'm like, I refuse that thought. I say it out loud. I refuse that thought because I don't want it to settle into my subconscious and become a thing. So it's crazy. Our thoughts yeah. are powerful. They are so powerful. And I love that you recognize that not enough people do. I was actually just having a conversation with somebody that I really respect this weekend who um, has this horrible habit of self-deprecating humor. And I'm like, so many people think that self-deprecating humor is funny. And it's this mask that people wear because they get uncomfortable and they're like, oh, let's make a joke about myself right? to ease whatever I'm feeling, but yeah. our brains don't understand it's a joke. And so then all of a sudden right. we're in, we're planting this in our mind and right. we're like, why can't I ever get over this? And it's because we keep joking about it. Right. Our subconscious can't tell the difference between reality and a very vivid imagination that we've had, you know what I'm saying? Some sort of scenario we've created, created in our mind. So it's like, if we feed those, those thoughts, it is definitely going to affect us like outwardly. So, yeah, absolutely. So what does the future look like for you? What are you excited for that's coming up in the next few months? Oh man. So I'm really like, I feel like franchise. So we've been in business since 2019. I didn't move here until last year, 2021. So we've gotten more, um, more content. Like it's been more a steady stream. We're now classified as a news agency on Facebook. So we've kind of like gradually taken these steps, um, up the ladder, but I'm excited. Honestly, it's crazy, but high school football out here was so much fun for us. Really? The kids, the kids love our content. We, The stuff that we create is a little bit different. It's more like fun and upbeat, a little more hype. So like the kids like it. Um, and it got to the point where they would be asking on social media, like, which game are you going to? Are you coming to our game? Please come to our game. Um, and it just was a lot of fun because I love that. I love like being able to encourage these kids and for them to be able to see themselves on camera on this little video and feel like a superstar. Like, you know what I'm saying? It just, it was just such a cool feeling. So I'm excited about that. Um, I'm really just excited about the potential of franchise because we just, we we kind of have been lining everything up and there's really no telling where we can go from here. So. I'm well, and you came to town in a time where there wasn't a lot of sports to photograph, right? Like right. everything was shut down. So yeah. now being able to really dig in. Um, and I think it's also really cool that you are able in a time where these kids are so malleable 
to change what photography means to them. Like there may be a career or an opportunity that they had never considered before. And then you're showing them how cool it can be and how different it can be and how you can make it your own thing. And I think that that's really powerful. Yeah. I actually had somebody ask me the other day if I do mentorships, which I do. Um, That's one of my favorite things to do is help like teach people photography because it's just like, I mean, I, I've worked with a lot of people who are actually doing photography professionally, but they're a little bit, they're not quite confident. And so having, having a, a session with somebody, like I literally sat with this girl for only two hours. And by the end of our time together, I mean, it was just like a light bulb had clicked and she was just like glowing from the knowledge that she had gained. And so I love that. And I'd love to get into the schools here and do some, either come in and do like a, just a quick class with with people. I don't know. I just somehow want to get involved with the schools and teaching photography and getting people excited about a creative career because it's possible. I'm doing yeah. it. You know, when I was in high school, I told you I grew up in a really small town and I did um, 2000 people small um, in Southern Idaho. And when your town is that small, the electives that you have to choose from change based upon who is teaching in your school. And then sometimes you'll get this new teacher that comes in and brings you something completely different. And one of our teachers was a photographer and I will never forget like sitting in a dark room, we did black and white photos. And at the time up until really recently, like within the last, I would say probably three years, I have always convinced myself that I'm not creative. I'm not artistic at all. I failed sixth grade art. It was my only F up through high school. It's my only thing that wasn't like a B up through high school. And I couldn't shade and I gave up and I was irritated and I failed sixth grade art. And because of that, I'd always set this narrative for myself that I wasn't creative. I did a podcast interview with a guy Um, His name's B. Jeffrey Madoff, and he has a book called Creative Careers that you would probably really love. Um, And I told him, I said, yeah, I'm really excited to read your book for the podcast, but I'm just not creative. And he says, God, you must be a horrible attorney. And I was like, what? And he's like, well, all creativity is a solving problem. So you're either a really creative and a good attorney or you're not creative and you're an awful one. And I'm like, well, Mm -hmm. thanks for that punch in the gut. I guess I'm creative. But the moment that that switched, all of a sudden I was doing like wine and paint things and I was looking for play because now I've told myself I'm creative. Like, so we went, we were talking before about the words, like they're so powerful. Mm -hmm. And if you say I can't draw, I can't take pictures. I'm not a photographer. Like that lands and then you don't even try. Right, right. Uh, Brene Brown talks about how people who are living their lives in like like wholeheartedly yes. they do something creative. And she, as a researcher said she wasn't creative either. And then she ended up, she's like forced herself to do creative yes. things because she feels like that's a key component in happiness and living a, a wholehearted life. So Brene yeah. Brown is like my spirit animal. Like if there was anybody in the world that I would just love to envelop and, and embrace, it's her. You should get her on your podcast. Dude, I've tried. We're working on it. We're working on it. Um, I shouldn't say I have tried. I should say I am still trying. I think still I've trying. sent her seven requests at this point in time. Oh, um, awesome. I've gotten a couple responses, which is a hell of a lot better than nothing. So right, right. we'll continue to go. It will happen. Absolutely. Um, I had Les Brown on the podcast a few months ago, which was fantastic. Yeah. I love Les Brown. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I need to go back and watch that one. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. He showed up in Mickey Mouse pajamas and then decided that he needed to put a shirt on. So, which I love because like how many times do we think I'm not wearing the right thing? I'm not, I don't, you know, you see it all the time when it comes to pictures, like what should I wear? Like, well, what do you want to wear? And, and people can't answer that question because we've been told for so long that what we wear dictates who we are and what we're perceived as. And Mm -hmm. there's so much that goes into that whole fashion side of photography. And I love that you get the opportunity to kind of debunk that clothes matter mentality. When people ask me what to wear, I always say, whatever you are comfortable in, if you're not comfortable, it's going to show on camera. So if that's sweats and a crop top, do it. If it's like a little black dress and heels, do that. Like it's really just about, you know, you as a person and what makes you comfortable. I just had an amazing speaking engagement in Nashville last weekend. And um, somebody tangentially mentioned to me before I went that I should go buy a new dress for it. And I said, 
do you, like, have you ever, have you ever seen me in a dress? Like, do you, do you realize that like, I'd have 30 minutes of feeling self-conscious about what I was wearing instead of making the impact that I'm supposed to make? Right. I mean, the cre the founder of this conference, when I invited him out for my conference and I knew I was going somewhere nice, I had to specifically send out an email saying that we were going to a place where you couldn't wear sweatpants because that's his entire wardrobe. Right. And he owns it and he makes an impact. And yeah, I think it's so powerful to embrace that. Yeah. There's so much about this whole, like keeping up with the Joneses and the status quo that I just did not with. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, this is another thing I used to absolutely hate shopping because I used to convince myself I didn't have a fashion sense the reality is I just didn't have the fashion sense that society told me that I should have. I would find something and I'd be right. comfortable in it and be like, you know, you can't just wear jeans and t-shirts your entire life. Well, why the hell not? Right? Yeah. Like, sure I can. You're an entrepreneur. You can do whatever you want. You can do whatever I want. I love that. Um, so for you, if you could say anything to the you that just started 10 years ago, that stepped out and said, okay, I'm walking away from what I perceive as security to follow my passion. Knowing what you know now, if there's one thing you could say to yourself back then, what would it be? Just hold on. <laughs> Just keep going. It's going to pay off. Um, it's been a lot of uncertainty and a lot of years of even, even just different paths that I've chosen. Like, did I go the right way? And, and I think I really beat myself up about, I'm, I'm not a good decision maker. I always want to weigh all the options 45,000 times. Um, and so I think that I would probably tell myself, make a decision and just go, like, don't overthink it. Just do what you got to do, but just like really just follow your heart and follow what you love to do. Just do it. Yeah. I think that's such incredible advice. Um, this conference I was just at, one of the speakers said that the top, he gave, um, a list of seven of the attributes of the top CEOs of like fortune 500 companies. And one of them was they make decisions and they don't sit there and, and weigh them. Like you said, because mm -hmm. a bad decision is better than no decision because you exactly. can fix a bad decision. And I had never yeah. thought of it like that. Yeah. We all want it to be right, but we can't get it right till we get it wrong. Right. Exactly. It's only lessons or wins, right? It's so true. <laughs> um, so with football ending, um, what do we have? Baseball and hopefully a couple more weeks of hockey. We'll see. Yeah. Um, hopefully. hopefully. So where do you spend your time when it's the off season in your photography business? There's always something going on. I do actually still spend a lot of time in Houston. I have tons of clients there still. So like I'm leaving Friday to go back there for a couple jobs. Um, but there's always something going on here, honestly. Like right now we've got the lights playing, the soccer team, and we've got the aviators, the minor league baseball. So we're, we're covering them right now. Um, and VGK is playing. Uh, and then, you know, football will start shortly. And then we've got basketball. And, I mean, we cover all UNLV too. So, like, we've got UNLV football and, and basketball as well. So um, right, I don't have a lot of off time, really. <laughs> there's not really a lot because I do portraits as well. So it's like if there's no sports, there's something else – you know, going on. So that's awesome. And that was going to be my next question. So do you work with business owners and entrepreneurs that are working on their brand? And if so, let's talk about that for a minute. What does that process look like when you meet somebody who wants help with their brand? Man, it's really about like, so TQ is my business partner and my marketing business as well. And it's really for us about getting to know the people so that we can help them represent themselves the right way. Um, there's a lot that goes into it visually as far as like photos and videos. Um, I think what's cool about us compared to other like marketing companies is that it's just the two of us and we do everything. So you don't have to worry about hiring a photographer to get the pictures that you want for your website because like we do that. You don't have to find a videographer to make the video, the little promo video because we do that. Um, TQ does all of the back end stuff, the SEO and the Facebook marketing and the Google ads, all that stuff. He's like an expert at that stuff. So I think that for us, we've we've worked with a couple ad agencies to build websites for their clients. And what we've realized is for us, it's it's more of a no hassle thing. There's not 12 opinions all the time. You don't have to go to eight different people to get the stuff you need. It's really seamless because it's just the two of us. So <laughs> I think it's easier, I guess. Like I consider us like a boutique marketing agency. So 
I don't know. I really love that part of it. I love um, the branding and marketing because I've built my own businesses and he has too. So it's like, we just feel like we have been in the trenches. And so to help somebody else, a lot of people don't know what they need when they're starting yeah. a business. They wouldn't even know what a Facebook pixel is. Like, what is that? You know? yeah. <laughs> Something that goes on your website and tracks visitors, you know, so. Yeah. Um, and, and you said something that I think is so important and that's that you've built your own businesses and you can walk people through it. I feel like there are too many people out there who don't have a business that try to tell other people how to create theirs right. in whatever that looks like. We have this conversation in the coaching space all the time. When somebody comes to me and says, I'm a business coach. Okay, sweet. But other than your coaching business, what have you built? Right. Right. Like how can you show me what I can do in some area. And this is why coaching can't be one size fits all. And you were talking about right. mentoring can't be one size fits all. Like sometimes you need six or seven different coaches in your, in your life at different times mm -hmm. to teach you different things because we all have different skill sets and we've all been in different places. So yeah. I love that you were talking about the mentoring earlier. Cause I think it's so important. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to switch really quickly. Um, and before we do, if people want to continue this conversation with you, they want to follow up with you about branding or they want to check out all the badass stuff you're doing related to um, the photography here in Vegas, what is the best way for them to reach you? Probably just um, trishalacosta.com, T-R-I-S-H-A-L-A-C-O-S-T-E.com. I have links to all my other stuff on there. So it's probably the easiest way to get a hold of me. Perfect. So really quickly, I want to switch to the success element of the podcast. I ask every single guest on my podcast the same question because I believe it is under asked and not enough people know the answer to it. What does success mean to you? How do you define that for yourself? Man, I would honestly say peace and happiness and freedom. <laughs> like being able to be on the beach on a Tuesday afternoon, if that's what I want to do. I think like so many people live in this little, little, uh, box of, okay, I've got to work Monday through Friday so I can go do what I want on the weekend. And for me, I think that freedom is success to me. And so if that's my definition of success, then honestly, I am already successful. Yeah. <laughs> it tells me where I have to be at any point. So, so I love it when people tell me that their definition of success is freedom, because it always allows me to ask this next question. Um, because I feel like that's such a dangerous word what exactly does freedom mean to you? Like, what does it look like? Because I feel like so many people are like, I can be where I want, when I want, whenever I want, and then their business fails. So what does true yeah. freedom look like to you? I guess there's also an element of uh, financial freedom there where you yeah. know, I wouldn't have to be anywhere at a certain time because I'm financially able to you know, do whatever I want. Yeah. Um, but I think for me, a lot of it has to do with, I'm kind of a free spirit. And so I just like the idea of being able to like, I travel a lot, but I like the idea of being able to travel whenever I want. Um, so that's a good question, though. What is freedom to me? Um, I guess it would be a combination of financial freedom and like no time constraints as far as, you know, work goes. <laughs> yeah, I love that. You know, I had to sit back and, and think about that. Somebody, I, Most good questions are stolen, right? So somebody asked me that one day. And I was like, good Lord, I don't know. And then I had to step back and realize that like what you just described is so spot on. It's like that control to say, okay, I'm going to choose to spend my time here or choose right. to spend my time somewhere else, um, which I think is the absolute freedom, right? Is being able to have complete control over where your time goes. Yeah. Um, and I agree with you. That is, that is part of my definition of success as well. I think it's so important. Yeah. Isn't it funny how as we change throughout, and I want to say age, but it's not necessarily age, it's experience. Um, how, you know, maybe 15 years ago, if you would have asked me what success means, probably hell 10 years ago, if you would have asked me what success means, I would have told you it was like seven figures in the bank account and like yeah. all of this money. And now Absolutely. I'm like, all I need is enough to not have to be anywhere I don't want to be. Yeah. I had a conversation with my daughter about that just yesterday yesterday or the day before and I was like I, I would rather do what I'm doing and struggle than be chained to a cubicle like and I think I've done pretty well honestly I've done pretty well for myself in spite of you know the challenges and the ups and downs and 
to me, I just, I, sometimes I just can't comprehend how people are so content working nine to five. I mean, we're all different. Some people really like that structure, but for me, I just, I could not do it. <laughs> I know that there are some people who really like that structure, but I think there are more people who don't like it and are afraid to leave it. Yeah. And that's the problem. You know, if, yeah. if you're, I mean, the ideal situation is to do what we love and not struggle. Right. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, I think you and I both get to do that. But mm -hmm. with anything, there's these problems that you get to choose. And there's a struggle that you get to choose. Um, and there is no doubt that at some point in time, there is struggle involved in what yeah. we do. And I 100% agree with you. Like, you could not pay me enough to go work for somebody else. Like, right. the number would have to be exorbitant. Mm -hmm. To where you could do it for like a short amount of time. Yes. Higher. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like it's, it's the service industry, right? It's funny because my business coach can always tell when my cycle of mindset thought is coming around because I'm like, maybe I'm going to go back to serving and bartending. And she's like, really? Like, are we going to have this conversation again? again? And I'm like, well, I loved it. Right. You get nostalgic about the experiences that you had as a kid. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden I said, what am I going to do if on a Saturday night I want to go out with my friends and enjoy a night and somebody tells me that I have to be behind a bar bartending for assholes that don't appreciate me? Would I love it then? Right. And like if the answer to that is no, there's no way. Like I'd, I'd be done in like a week. It'd be okay. like the first Saturday and I'd be like, sorry, guys, like this <laughs> yeah. isn't going to work for me. When we get nostalgic like that, we tend to only remember the good parts. Yes. We don't remember the, the crap that came with it. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. Um, so we talked about success. We talked about freedom. What do you think is one piece of advice that business owners and entrepreneurs need to be able to create that freedom? What is a ritual or routine or a um, module of, of thought that you use to help yourself stay grounded to keep your focus on success and freedom? You know, this is something that I've just started in the last couple of years. Um, my sister-in-law is actually a life coach, and so she coaches me, and it's that morning routine. So she, I mean, she harps on this, like you have to have a morning routine. So it's, you know, waking up, doing your workout, reading a book for 10 minutes, like writing out your affirmation. So reading a devotion. So there's all those things. And I think that just keeps me meditating. That just keeps me like grounded and keeps me, I'm, I'm not a very, um, like I said, I'm a free spirit. I'm a creative. So I, that structure is not innately in me. And yes. I think by doing that, because I mean, I mean, we all know photographers and creatives can be really flaky. And I've had to really, I'm pretty evenly right and left brain, but probably more on the, you know, I tend to be more creative and I've had to really, really teach myself to like be better with finances and make sure I return phone calls and emails because I'll just be off floating in creative. <laughs> forget about all that stuff. So I yeah. think there's a discipline that comes with it. And also I think that as creatives, sometimes we think like, there's some muse sitting on your shoulder and like something just happens and it's beautiful. Creativity is about discipline. It's about discipline. You mm -hmm. can't just wait for some inspiration to hit you. You really do have to discipline yourself to be creative. I love that. You have to discipline yourself to be creative. Nobody's ever said that on the show before. And I think it's really important. Um, I'm glad that you brought up morning routines and I want to ask you because I feel like the morning routine conversation backfires sometimes because people get this rigid idea of what a morning routine is supposed to be. And then they wake up one morning, two weeks in and shit hits the fan and the kids are crying and, and they just can't get it done. And then they feel like their day has gone to shit and it didn't serve its purpose. So for you, what are the non-negotiables in your morning routine that even if you're not able to get it all in because of whatever the world is showing that you're able to successfully complete something, what are the non-negotiables? for you. So I'm ab absolutely going to read a devotion from my Bible app and most of the time work out. Um, those things keep me, keep me grounded, even if I can't do all the others. So, um, and when I don't do them, I can, I can tell a difference in yes. my whole, my whole day. So you're right. Yeah, it is. Sometimes that morning routine, it feels like it's taking forever. And it's like, I would be better off like responding to emails right now, but I have learned that it really sets, sets my day right if I do it. So, and if there are those non, those non avoidable 
emergencies that pop up and you have to forego some of the things that you would normally do in the morning. Do you make a point to get those in throughout the day or do you kind of wipe the slate clean and start the next day? What is your approach? At least a couple of them I do. Um, But sometimes there are days where I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to start fresh tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. This day has just gone to shit. So (laughs) I think there's this really fine line and this um, conversation that we teeter on in this space between forgiving ourselves for being imperfect and accepting mediocrity. And like, where, where does that line come in? Right. So how many times do you get to forgive yourself for not doing your morning routine before now you're just accepting mediocrity and not making a priority. And that line requires some intentional thought. And I don't have the answer, but I just feel like people always talk about forgiveness, like forgive yourself. Mm -hmm. I had a nutritionist that did this. And I, and I love him to death, but it didn't work for me because he'd be like, if you have the cheeseburger, I want you to forgive yourself. And I'm like, okay, cool. But what about when I have a cheeseburger four times a day? Yeah. Like, can I still forgive myself then? Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's like this, this middle ground that I feel like we miss out on too often. Yeah, I would agree. And I think that whole, like, so for me, like I'm pretty consistent with my workouts, but my eating habits have not been great lately. (laughs) Once I get through this or this weekend when I want to go have fun or this, and it's like, I woke up Monday, like, okay, this is it. Like I need to stop eating crap. Like, yeah, I think we continue to like push it a little further away. Like, oh, well, I know what to do. I just, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. Until I got on myself. I'm like, okay, I'm done. (laughs) You know, and it's so interesting that there's always that thing that's like, okay, I'm not willing to go any further than this. Mm -hmm. And how amazing would it be if we could switch that to a, I'm never willing to go back to anything, right? And I think that's the struggle that we all get to have with our mind is how do we switch that from, I don't like, I'll get to this point and then I'm done or I want to make progress all the time. Yeah. So I think that's an, an interesting thought. Yeah. Um, I want to go ahead and wrap up with a quick random round. I have a few questions for okay. you if you're down for that. Yeah, for sure. All right, cool. If you could do any profession other than what you're doing now, what do you think would be fun to attempt? You know, when I was in eighth grade, I thought it'd be super fun to be a private investigator. <laughs> I don't wow. know. At this point, I don't know, but that was, I just always thought it would be fun to like try to piece together, you know, clues and whatever. I don't know. Just kind of. Do you ever see the correlation between what you just said in photography, like piecing together the parts of a person's life and business and brand and all of that? And do you think that has, that mindset has anything to do with it? That's so interesting. I've never thought of that until now, but that is probably, I mean, when I, when I make videos, when I do videos, when I'm editing, I always tell people it's like a puzzle. I just have to find the right pieces to go where they need to go. That's super fascinating. I never thought about that, but that's probably part of what it is. Like my mind is just constantly piecing things together. I love it. If you could time travel, where would you go and why? Man, that's a good one. Probably. So my kids are all like grown. I have 21, 20. My daughter's graduating. She's 18 and 16. I think I would probably go back to when they were little and I just enjoy that time Mm. because it was so much chaos. They were, I had four and five years. So it was just like little kids everywhere screaming, crying about this. I think I would just go back and just sit with them a little longer, you know, Mm. let them crawl in my bed one last time, you know? So that's probably what I would do. That's amazing. (laughs) No, I love it. Um, If you could recommend a book um, that you think every business owner or entrepreneur needs to read, what do you think that is? Um, The first one that came to mind is called Mindset by Carol Dweck. Okay. And what do you love about that the most? It talks about a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset. And I think I realized that I grew up with a fixed mindset where, um, I don't like to try new things necessarily because I like to be good at everything. Mm. So when you first start a new hobby or whatever, you're not going to be good at it. Oh, um, you're awful. And so I have probably limited myself too much because of that fear of not being good at something. But I just like the, um, I mean, her, the whole concept that she talks about is just amazing. It changed my mindset completely. <laughs> How amazing is that awareness that we've probably limited ourselves because of a desire to be good at everything, right? 
Man. Oh, it like it hurts, but in a good way, right? Yeah. And I still struggle with it. I still have to like talk myself into like, okay, you're not going to be that great at it, but just do it anyway. Like you'll get better. You, yeah. you can't be an expert at something before you've ever done it. And if anybody thinks that this is not a thing, go listen to the first episode of my podcast. I promise you it's horrible, like horrible. <laughs> it's awful. Um, horrible. I like, I tell people whenever they're like, I'm going to binge watch your, or binge listen to your podcast. I'm like, start at like episode 75. Like do me <laughs> a favor, do yourselves <laughs> a favor and like leave the first 74 episodes out of the way that you perceive awesome. my abilities. It's the same with photography. My first pictures, oh my gosh, I would be so embarrassed for people to see them now. I, I, need, to post, <laughs> I need to post one now. because Yeah, that. you should because that growth is so powerful. Yeah. I love it. Okay, last question, and this is purely selfish. I am a music nerd. I need to know what your pump-up song is. Oh gosh, my pump-up song. That's a good question. What is my pump-up song? My mind just went blank because you asked me. <laughs> I love Alicia Keys. So anything Alicia Keys is, is on point. Um, that's all I can think of right now is Alicia Keys. <laughs> oh my gosh. She has a relatively new song out. Um, what? Talk about minds going blank. Girl on Fire would probably be, if I'm talking about Alicia Keys, that'd probably be my pump up song if I was picking one of hers. Yeah. Um, Dude, I'll have to message it to you and let you know. It's, you know what? This is going to drive me nuts. Um, it's so beautiful. And like, it made me cry the first time that I heard it. Um, this is so powerful. She's so good mm -hmm. at everything. Like, and her voice just has a way of cutting. It's called Underdog. Have you heard it? Yes. 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 So, so good. So, so good. good. All right. One more time. Where can people connect with you if they want to continue this conversation and be able to embrace more of the amazingness that is Trisha? Oh, I appreciate it. TrishaLacosta.com, T-R-I-S-H-A-L-A-C-O-S-T-E.com. And you can email me from there. You can connect with me on Instagram, whatever. whatever awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been absolutely amazing to have you. I have been so grateful to be here. This has been so much fun. I'm glad we finally got to connect. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. If anything that was said during this episode resonated with you or provided value in any way, it would mean the world to me if you would head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review for the More Than Corporate Podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that. I'm really looking forward to connecting with you. If you'd also like to connect, I've created a Facebook group that is full of amazing people who also make it their mission to live their best life every single day. If that's sounds like something that you're interested in. The name of that Facebook group is Success Center. Head over there, request to join, and I look forward to connecting with you soon.